I'm Amy Pruitt. I'm Lisa Dumas. I teach Ayurveda and yoga. I teach yoga. I'm a yoga therapist in training, and I offer transformational coaching. But that's just part of the story. We're moms, daughters, wives, and friends. We're always learning, and we've both experienced healing by what we teach. And the intention of this podcast is to offer you our favorite tools from the traditions and sciences that support us as we navigate the realities and stressors of modern life. Each week, we'll share stories, answer your questions, and talk to others who inspire us. Welcome to the Radiant Warrior Podcast. Yoga and Ayurveda to reclaim a courageous heart. And here we are at the end of the first week of fall. And Amy, I arrived back here in Vancouver from your beautiful city of Columbus, where it was still summer last week. And I arrived home to fall. It is set in. It's breezy. The leaves are just starting to change, but the evenings are definitely a bit chillier. Have to wear a jacket in the evenings now. Mm, Isn't it funny how quickly that switches? We still have some warm days, but then you can definitely feel a temperature shift in the evenings or the early morning. So it we're right on the cusp of that, of what to wear. It's hard to figure out what to wear every day. And, you know, even when I lived in San Diego and for our listeners that live in warmer places, people used to say, well, how can you live in San Diego? Because there's no seasons. But when you live there, you do notice, yes, the weather might be beautiful each day, but there are subtle changes and there's more of a chill in the air. And definitely it got a lot cooler at night. So in our podcast today, we're going to be offering you a few different ways that we can honor the changing of the seasons. And from a therapeutic yoga and an Ayurveda perspective, it's really nice to transition with the seasons. It's really helpful for our systems. So we have some unique ways that we are going to share with you coming up in this episode. But first, we have to update our listeners because on last week's episode, I was with you. We were seated together in an office out of your bedroom after I literally like went and woke you up. (laughs) (laughs) Straight from bed. (laughs) And brought you into the office to talk to me. But you had shared about how you had dug a hole (laughs) in a yard for a certain reason. So I'll have you update our listeners as to what happened. Yeah. So for those who don't know, when Lisa was here staying with me last week, I'm in the process of selling a house and it had been on the market for about a month and not really any great movement. And so we decided that we would bury St. Joseph on his head in the front yard. And we shared on last week's podcast, our adventure of going out in the dark in the middle, not the middle of the night, but late at night and trying to bury St. Joseph on his head and we finally got a hole that was deep enough to put this poor saint on his head to hopefully bring about some good fortune. And we weren't arrested in the process, which was awesome. And then four days later, we got an acceptable offer. And so now we're in contract. So if anyone (laughs) is having difficulty selling their house, I highly recommend seeking out the assistance of St. Joseph. And this is just something that you searched online, right? And you ordered a little six-inch statue. Mm -hmm. Yeah, if you Google how to sell my house, St. Joseph pops right up. 
So statistically speaking, according to Google, it's one of the top searches for how to sell your house quickly. And it worked. So there's something to it. Amazing. I'm so happy that we can share that update. And I know you'll continue to update us as to how all of that is going, but I'm so happy for you. I know that that is the result that you were wanting. Yes. Yes. And then apparently if all goes well and you close successfully, you're supposed to go back and unbury St. Joseph. So you have to remember where you buried him. And then you're supposed to put him in a place of honor in your house. So St. Joseph might be getting exhumed shortly as long as the sale goes through successfully. Yeah. I mean, he deserves it. He deserves some thanks after that, right? Right. I guess. Yeah. This is how this works. I've never done it before, but I'm following the rules. Actually, that something just popped up into my mind that I haven't thought about in so long. And I never Googled this to find evidence if anybody else had done this. And that was really, honestly, it was before the time that it was a habit to Google something. So when my husband and I were trying to conceive, we were living in Albuquerque, New Mexico. (laughs) I can't believe this just came back to me. And (laughs) a couple of our friends told us that you would be helped in conceiving if you had like a statue of a frog in the room because a frog was some sort of symbol of fertility. I never looked into this. I should look into this now that I'm interested in all of these things. But, you know, whatever, that's easy. We we could do that. And so I think even the next time this friend came over, she brought this little wooden green puppety sort of frog. And wouldn't you know it? <laughs> it was successful and it was the same thing if the frog was successful in helping you to conceive you were supposed to put the frog in a place of honor somewhere in your home and that frog uh, we still have that frog actually oh no you know what we did we passed on that frog to my dear friend kelly in san diego and they're on baby number two yay that frog is deserves some big money So if anybody has heard that story before, or if you've been told to use a frog for fertility, let me know. And I am going to look that up now because who knows? Yeah, I've never heard that, but obviously it worked. Maybe it's just in Albuquerque, New Mexico. (laughs) It worked a couple times. It did. All right. Um, And before we get on to the topic that we have to offer you around some ways that you can honor the arrival of fall to help your transition into this season, this is our very last chance to talk to you about our program that we are so excited about offering you that um, opens up this Sunday. And so your last chance to register is going to be at midnight tomorrow night. That's Saturday night. And I do want to reveal that it does, this does feel a little bit strange to mm-hmm. have created something that Amy and I feel is very special that both of us would have loved to have had in our lives. And I would actually love to take this course. But then it's funny to tell all of you to join us. It, it is funny. You know, we're both taught to ask each day how can we best serve? And Amy and I thought about how we could best serve and we came up with doing this podcast. And it's it's been beautiful for us and it feels so right. Every time we turn off the microphone, it felt like that was a way that we were serving. 
And then we asked ourselves if there was something more that we could do as our community started to grow. Could we bring our community together? How could we teach these tools in a medium that was a little bit more helpful to doing it? You know, there's only so much that we can show or experience in this platform. And that's how we came up with this idea of offering you a weekly recorded class into your inbox every single month and maybe even for an entire year so you could really find out what it feels like to integrate skills and tools and practices into your life and notice the difference that it makes. Yeah. You know, I keep thinking about this radiant year and I don't think, I think we try to do too much in a day and we don't give ourselves enough credit on what we can accomplish in a year. And I'm just so excited to see where everyone is in a year from now, because it's just going to be the most amazing transformation. And we do want to tell you a little bit more about it, but we're going to tell you a little bit more about it from your questions, because we have been getting some questions about this program. And so we're going to read you the questions and then give you the answers that we wrote back and we send this out to a newsletter. We also posted it on our Radiant Warrior Facebook page if you're interested in going and reading about it. So this won't take very long if you've already decided that you're going to join us or if you feel that this isn't right for you at the moment. But hopefully this will answer any questions that you have. And thank you so much for taking the time to listen to us talk about this passion project of ours, because it really is the culmination of so much that we've learned. And we've just poured our hearts into the creation of this program. So the first question that we received said, committing to a year seems hard. I'm afraid I won't keep up with classes. So Lisa and I share that we are crafting a beautiful video class every week for the next year to offer you effective practices for transitioning through the seasons with ease and vitality. However, you can choose the monthly plan. If the program no longer serves you after a while, you can absolutely opt out. Your only commitment is the first three months to give the practices a chance to take root in your life so that you can show yourself you can move from surviving to thriving. Mm -hmm. Yes. So there is this monthly, really low cost, low commitment option. Um, And if that is right for you, that is wonderful. And jumping in and committing to a year is also wonderful because it really gives these practices a chance to take root. So the next question that we answered, I'm considering the one-time yearly payment option. What can I expect from that? Well, aside from enjoying the savings that come with that, you'll have the comfort in knowing that every week you'll have the chance to explore specific tools, skills, and inspirations that will support you in cultivating more energy, self-compassion, and contentment. Depending on the season, we can tend we can tend to feel either anxious, like we can tend to feel in the fall right now, emotional, or lethargic. Our therapeutic yoga and Ayurvedic teachings will meet you where you are, empowering you with personal practices and inner resources to take care of yourself in the face of overwhelm or negative self-talk. Each week, you'll experiment with tools to calm and energize your body, create a kinder inner dialogue in the mind, and cultivate a renewed connection with your inner guidance system. At the end of the year, 
it is the intention of Amy and I that you will have created a practice that is all yours, that becomes something so entirely nourishing for you that it calls you out of bed in the morning, bolsters you in a weary afternoon, and reminds you that you are already enough just as you are. Our next question, what's the difference between therapeutic yoga and yoga? So therapeutic yoga offers an intelligent blend of systems from the sciences of yoga, Ayurveda, Western psychology, and personal development. It meets an individual where they are and seeks to ease suffering. When we feel better, we think better and do better. And it is our hope that this program is a gift to you and those you are in relationship with. The practices available in this vast arena are specific prescriptions for creating a life of meaning and more freedom. Yes. I, I love that. I want to comment on that. Even though we're sending you videos that are practices, so many of them can just be these little mini practices that you're doing throughout the day. There's nothing formal about it. You don't have to be wearing anything specific. You don't have to be sitting in a specific way, but something just might happen. It's like, oh, I'm going to need to breathe in that way right now, or I'm going to need to explore that tool or that thought or or that skill to get me through. And so it's really empowering you with life skills. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. We also had a question about what the heck is Ayurveda? Um, what is Ayurveda? You, you can add to this, but I'll read the answer out that we wrote back. Um, Ayurveda has been called the sister science to yoga or the science of life. It's a system that views a human being through three vital energies called doshas. In our program, A Radiant Year, you're going to get an idea which dosha you're predominant in and how that's powerful knowledge in knowing what practices, foods, and concepts are most balancing for you. Ayurveda just makes so much sense to me, and I hope it resonates with all of you as we share these practices. So, yes, what is Ayurveda? We will find out together. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Next question. What if I want in, but it's not a great time for me? So we will be opening the doors for a radiant year seasonally. However, this is the one and only time that the founding members price will be available. We want to offer you something special for coming in as we begin. And fall is also an excellent time to begin building a supportive personal practice before the busy holiday season arrives. And finally, what makes this digital program different from others? And we we get that. We know that there are so many choices out there. So we talked about this. And um, the truth is that when you sign up, you have an opportunity to confidentially share your wellness goals with us. We will also be welcoming your questions and feedback in our optional private Facebook group. So this allows us to really customize our content to what is needed in this community. We have a chance to offer much more than we're able to do in public classes, and we're really honored to have the chance to serve in this meaningful way. So Amy and I are going to be recording these videos that you'll be receiving each week, just a few days before you receive it. And we're doing that so that we can keep it really current and really meaningful for the people who choose to be in this community. We're already so honored with the wellness goals that you are writing us about. And we are making sure that we are going to tend to those wellness goals. And we are going to offer practices and skills for those as we create this radiant year with you. It really will be a beautiful co-creation. So the last thing to say about that, tomorrow is your last day to sign up. 
So please go to aradiantyear.com and you can read more there or you can immediately go to choose either the one-time yearly payment or the monthly payment and you'll be sent a little document that invites you to share your wellness goals for your minds and your bodies and your hearts with us. And we get started this Sunday. And full disclosure, Amy and I just finished recording the very first class that's going to be sent out to our community on Sunday. And it just felt so good. It felt so good. (laughs) I can't wait to share it with everyone. You know, they say, you know, I have experienced the idea of this word Dharma, D-H-A-R-M-A, And in these realms of yoga and Ayurveda, we use this word to talk about being in our purpose. And we all know when we do something that feels really right, when it lights us up and it gives us energy rather than depleting us. And that's how I felt after we recorded the video. It just felt like that was where our energy was supposed to go. It totally felt very much in the flow. Mm -hmm. All right. We can't wait to hear what you think. Um, And we can't wait to meet you beginning on Sunday. And so now on with some tools that we can offer you right here, right now for the season that we are in the midst of transitioning in fall. The kind of practices that we'll be offering within our program, they can support us in every transition when it comes to seasons, but they can also support us in the tiny transitions that happen all along in life. And I did want to share that. I wanted to share that since we've spoken last week, a couple of things have cropped up, some concerns, you know, things that happen in life where you have something to worry about. And that is when you need your practices. That's when you need to have already practiced something so that you fully have it integrated and you have it at the ready. So I've really been using my own personal practice, as things do feel like they've been ramping up this fall for me. Like it it really does feel like everything that we read about when it comes to Vata season, how things get a little bit more turbulent, how things get a little bit more busy, um, it does feel true. And I'm happy that I'm able to sit back and remember to observe that rather than make it more of a story and sort of move into like be caught up into the spiral when it comes to what's happening. Can you share a little bit more about that? Well, it isn't all my story to tell, but what I'll say is life hands you changes. And these are the moments where we remember that there's very little that we can control. Mm-hmm. We cannot control the decisions of others that are going to affect us in many different ways. The only thing that we can control is what we're going to make it mean and how we're going to show up to that reality every day. And what I've learned is in most cases, in what I've been handed so far, looking for how is this happening for me is helpful. That's where I'm at right now is answering that question and broadening my perspective. Not, I can't believe this is happening to me, but how is this happening for me? What can I gain here? What can I learn here? How can this add to my spiritual development? Looking at 
looking at situations from that side and cultivating more acceptance. When something happens that we don't want to happen, when something happens that is opposite of how we wanted things to go or how we wanted our plans to go, if we're in resistance, then we're just increasing our suffering. We are arguing with the way things are. I've been practicing accepting the way things are and staying with what's real. And what's real right now, Amy, is just me sitting in this chair, listening to you, having a conversation with you, speaking in this moment. This is what's real. Mm -hmm. I could worry about dozens of things right now, but that's a waste of my precious energy. And this is what's real. So again and again, coming back to here and now, doing what I can to create the outcome that I desire, but continuing to dive back into acceptance as to what is right here, right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not getting lost in all the different what ifs or stories of possibilities, but grounding yourself in the here and now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is what's ha- that is what is supporting me, and that is what I've gained from my practices over the years. So I have been having some similar opportunities to use my practices Mm. as we transition through this time. I am also feeling that ungroundedness or uncertainty and, and yeah, these practices really are, are helping me um, navigate things as they pop up and, not getting lost in the stories or lost in the future or ruminating on the past, but being tethered to the here and now. I can, I can really relate to what you're saying about bringing it back to now, bringing it back to now and what is real and, and letting go of stories or possibilities or impossibilities. So I, I feel you on all of that. I had an experience this week with someone that I care about and I I was having a conversation with them and the conversation took a turn to old hurts and old wounds and ways that they firmly believe that I had failed them in the past and mm-hmm. And wanting that to be acknowledged and really hanging on tightly to that. And and I felt a little ambushed, to be honest, and kind of taken aback that this person that I care about so much still felt this way about me. And I could have easily gone into a spiral of guilt or shame or how I'm not good enough or how I have failed somebody that I deeply care about and taken that on as my identity. Mm-hmm. And I had to do a lot of sitting with that and what is mine to own and what is their story. And I came to the conclusion that both can be true. Mm. that I 
I can in the past or currently or future fail somebody or not be everything that they needed me to be at a time. And that can be very true. And also, that's not all that I am. Mm-hmm. And I don't have to take that on as my identity. And I can have some compassion for myself for whatever I was experiencing at the time that caused me to not be enough or not be everything that I could have been for this person. And have that compassion for myself as well as acknowledging that I might be a villain in somebody's story. And I don't have to change that narrative that I might be a, I might be a villain in somebody's story, but that's their story. And I don't have to convince them otherwise that that can be true. And also in my story that I'm complete and enough in everything that I have also done and currently am. And so I think it was a really interesting place to be, to have these two stories be simultaneously true Mm -hmm. and also not have to live in that space of the past of guilt and shame and regret. And so that those practices of, of questioning your thoughts, of questioning what is true, of questioning what what you need to embody and what somebody else is embodying and what their story is and what your story is and having that, that firmness in what is mine and what is theirs. And it it was just a really interesting place because I think in the past I would have probably gone down a couple rabbit holes of one wanting to talk them out of why I wasn't a bad person. Mm -hmm. You know, why to show them all the evidence of how I'm a good person and how I do good things and how I show up and, you know, really try to change their mind about me. Mm-hmm. And so I would have in the past gone down that rabbit hole of, but no, that no, 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 no. Like I'm this, this and this. And let me give you, you know, the thousand pieces of evidence of how this is true. Yeah. So trying to talk them out of their story. Yeah. And then I could have also gone down the rabbit hole of, I'm a terrible person. I've done horrible things in my life. I'm I'm the worst person in the world. And this is all the evidence that I'm going to show myself of how I'm a failure and how I don't show up and how I'm, you know, X, Y, and Z in the worst way. And so I could have gone down that rabbit hole. And, and the practices of just sitting with, the conversation without just observing and not reacting and, and then could both of those things be true that I'm simultaneously a decent person and I could also be a villain in somebody's story. And yes, both of those things could be true and that's okay. And going back to the here and now, just doing the next right thing in front of me, and just keep doing the next right thing in front of me. And that's all I can do. And I can't change the past. And I know in my heart that I did what I did with the best of my abilities at the time with the knowledge that I had. 
and I can only continue to grow and gain new knowledge and try to improve me and, and what I can do in the world. And that's where I'm at. And I, I know that this self-inquiry and this examined life that we have been on this journey of self-inquiry and, and examining all those things has really supported me in that process specifically around this thing that I had happen this week. Yeah. What comes up for me as I listen to you is that, first of all, how relatable, how much energy have we all spent to try to talk somebody out of the stories that they have about us? It's, oh, it can be excruciating to find out (laughs) what somebody thinks of you and that somebody, you know, thinks that, you're hurtful or that you're unkind or selfish or, or whatever somebody else's story is and that we are all, all things. And it is just as uncomfortable to accept that we are not just the sunny side of our personalities, that we are also unkind and we're hurtful and we're jealous and we compare ourselves and we're selfish mm-hmm. and we don't listen sometimes. And and our actions do fall on others in ways that we wish that they wouldn't. So that's incredibly relatable, Amy. And, and thanks for sharing that. And I love too how the outcome was you find some compassion for yourself by realizing that you're growing and you're learning. And actually, when I was visiting you in Columbus, we had a conversation that I really grew from because we had a conversation where we were just not quite understanding one another. And I feel so proud of us because um, at the end of that conversation, I realized that I could have been a better listener. Like I realized that there was things that I could do that would have been better. And um, I loved that. Like I love that we had the kind of relationship where I really learned from that. And I let you know that I learned from that and that I knew that I could do better in future conversations because all partnerships, marriages and and the parent-child relationship and business partnerships, they're not going to be easy. And I think for a long time, when it wasn't easy, that was really scary for me. And when something wasn't easy, it made me want to hide and it made me think pretty negative things about myself and about how I was in relationship. But when you go into relationship knowing that conflict is inevitable and discomfort is inevitable and difficult conversations are what it's all about. I mean, truly difficult conversations are when we are in intimacy and it feels scary because the stakes are higher and it feels scary because we're wired to have other people accept us. That's that's just how we're wired. That's why it feels so bad when it feels like we are the subject of somebody else's disapproval or if somebody um, is actively having a story that we are the bad guy. Oh, it feels horrible. Yeah. I'm proud of you when I listen to your story and I it also feels good when you can come out on the other side of something that feels so yucky 
and know that you learned and know that you are using the lessons to evolve consciously into the next version of you. Yeah, it feels very different than how I would have reacted in the past when somebody would have let me know that I had let them down. And in the past, I would have immediately reacted and immediately tried to change the narrative and change their mind. And or I would have just gone into this horrible, yucky spiral of I'm full of shame and I'm a terrible person. And so this felt very different. And, and I really am so grateful for the tools and the practices that we have learned over the past couple of years to, to support our, our journey of growth and acceptance and honoring our true nature. And mm-hmm. I'm just very grateful. And that, that does make me think of, after we had a conversation that was you know just slightly difficult because it was just based on on really wanting um really wanting to explain to another and 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 coming from slightly different perspectives but i for a few minutes afterwards in just a few minutes felt that you know was feeling that oh uh, you know i i i've made a mistake here and i didn't handle that conversation in the best way that i could I did feel that, but it was short-lived. And there was even a moment, and it was because of the breath. I, I took a few breaths, and I felt my body, and I got present. And I was like, well, I could have done better. And I simply just said that to you. I could have done better. I'll do better next time. And then it was done. It was done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I appreciate that that we could communicate in that way. And I haven't even said this to you yet, but I feel this whole new level of intimacy with you after that last trip. Yeah. The fact that you and I can have difficult conversations or even misunderstandings. And, and I think for women, especially who have had past sister wounds or traumas with friends or have been hurt or wounded by girlfriends or best friends. It's a scary place to have conflict (laughs) with somebody, you know, with a friend that you're so close to, and it can be very scary and very triggering. And I am very proud of us too, that you and I are able to have, have had that conversation, had a, had a, a difficult conversation, had some misunderstanding and end it with, the same, if not more, love and admiration for each other. And we are better than ever. And you and I can have those conversations knowing in the future that we're not going to break up. <laughs> you know, we're not going to walk away from each other. We're not going to, you know, not be in each other's lives, that we are safe around each other to have those conversations and be okay. And you know why I think we're safe? This is like healing a sister wound in real time, by the way. <laughs> um, I I think we're safe because we both know what's ours. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't leave that conversation going, thinking at all about, oh, well, you know, she thinks and she said it was more, I was just thinking about my side and what I owned because that's all, that's, mm-hmm. I knew that that's all I could control. And so it actually felt so, powerful to own something. And that is what, I mean, whether or not we were in a situation where you would have accepted, hey, 
I could have done better from me. Just even having said that to you, I felt such peace. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just felt like yeah, I, I just felt like a relax. Like, yeah, I could have done better, and I'm going to like the, I'm going to learn. I'm going to learn from this because I haven't practiced. Just as you said, I haven't practiced many difficult relationship with friends because I am afraid of that, and so I'll avoid that. And sometimes just bite my tongue, you know, and then sometimes that, and that doesn't feel good either. Mm-mm. No, no. Yeah, I agree. This is real time healing of sister wounds. <laughs> mm-hmm. Another transition. Yes. So that's, that's what it's all about. Life is just a series of transitions and how can we stay with ourselves throughout them Um, we promised that we would get to just a couple of tools for you to honor the big transition that we're in, whether you're still wearing shorts and t-shirts or you're wearing scarves and toques, as we say here in Canada. Did you know that? Have I said that word? Have I said that word to you yet? No, what's a toque? (laughs) (laughs) I love that not only do we have two women with two different perspectives because you and I are so yin and yang, and then I love that we have the American-Canadian thing too. Um, Yeah, a toque, I think, well, based on my time living in San Diego, my San Diego friends called it a beanie. So it's like a winter cap. Oh, okay. I know what a beanie is. Well, what do you think? What is a beanie to you? Like a hat, like a cap, like a a cute little winter cap. <laughs> See, toque is just so much easier here in Canada. We know exactly what it is. Yeah, it's like a knit, warm, winter toque. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where that word came from. That's something else that maybe I need to Google, just like the fertility frog. But yeah, it's... um. It's a toque here in Canada, and I've seen some people wearing them here in Vancouver. I think that's overkill. I don't think it's that cold quite yet, but it'll be toque weather soon. I learned something new today. I have never heard that word, and I would never know that that's what you were talking about. (laughs) I know. When we lived in San Diego, a neighbor came over, and they had done a little bit of research on Canadian terms, and they were like, Cliff and Lisa, what's a Chesterfield? Do you know what that is? I have no idea what a Chesterfield is. What's a Chesterfield? <laughs> That's also an English thing. It's a couch. A couch? Oh, maybe I've... Um, I don't know if I could... Nah, no, I don't think so. <laughs> you don't call them Chesterfields in the Midwest? <laughs> no, we call them couches. And we don't even really... I mean, we, we might say sofa now and again. Mm-hmm. Um, mostly it's the couch. And what about house coat? A house coat is a rug. Yes. And okay. I have one Woo. more for you. Okay. Parkade. Parkade. Like the floor? <laughs> I think that's like a parkade floor. A parkade is like a parking structure. Oh, oh no, I never would have got that. That's a that's a parking structure. I know. Garage. I don't know why parkade. It's kind of I don't know. It sounds nice. It sounds kind. It's it sounds like a mini parking garage, but it's not true. We just call them all parkades here. But yeah, now it sounds like a lovely place to park your car. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but I speak fluently Canadian and, uh, and American now that I've lived in both countries. <laughs> oh my goodness. Do you say, what do you call soda? Um, well, okay. Since I've lived in the States, I call it soda as well, but here in Canada, and I think in some States you say this too, pop. We say pop. 
There we go. A meeting of the minds across the border. <laughs> Finally. <sighs> this is going off the rails. We're talking about fall. <laughs> I love it, though. I love it. I'm so excited that I'm finally learning about Canadian culture. <laughs> so when you're when you are wearing your toque or your beanie and you're outside exploring the cooler weather, that's actually a great way to honor the transition of the season is be out in it and be present with the really subtle transformations that are going on. And I've been intentionally taking my advice and putting myself first because I am in the midst of some pretty full days right now. And I'm walking my talk and I'm making sure that I'm taking care of the movement that I might need and the connection in nature that I might need because there's a lot going on right now that is keeping me inside. And a lot of us have that life, right? Like we just can't go out for a walk in nature whenever we want. We wish we could. Some of us can't, but we all can create the time. And that's what I've been doing. And instead of listening to something or being on the phone or letting my thoughts wander, I've been very purposefully feeling my feet on the ground, feeling the chill in the air with acceptance and noticing just the subtle shifts, how more leaves are on the ground and how it feels to crunch on those leaves as I walk over them and the subtle changes and the colors of the deciduous trees. So being with nature and being outdoors and going for walks, these are all ways that we can balance the dosha of vata that is up at this time of year. So that's that's my first that's my first little offering Amy. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um I think we spend so much time moving from place to place like in our cars or on transit that we don't spend enough time outside and everywhere we go is very temperature regulated usually. And so we can lose that sense of what it's actually like outside. And like you said, going outside, like being outside is such a way to connect with the change of the seasons. And I would add to dress appropriately, wear your toque, because I see so many people outside who really resist the change of seasons with the way they dress. And I, this is the time of year that I just get so excited because I have about a million scarves and I wear a scarf every day from now until May. And I love it. And I love the sensation of wearing a scarf. It's one of what I consider a practice for me because wearing a scarf around my neck feels incredibly comforting and nurturing. And I, I want to go put scarves on everybody that I see because I just want to bundle them up and send them outside and let them experience nature, but also keeping them warm. And I don't think that we do that enough. You know, we wear our, our high heels still, or we wear our, our fashion in a way that maybe doesn't cooperate or complement the weather outside. And, and so that's what I would layer on is to begin to look at the way you dress when you go outside and really dress for the elements and keep yourself warm, keep yourself dry, 
spend time in nature, but also wear a scarf. (laughs) It's an Ayurvedic practice, totally, to keep yourself nice and warm. And then you're showing your kapha colors, the, the dosha that is in balance, all about nurturing others as your practice is yes. scarf wearing. And and if you really want to balance vata, the dosha that is up at this time of year that can create anxiousness in the mind and spaciness and that lack of focus, the dosha that's very turbulent, you could wear a blue scarf, right? Because that's one of the colors yes. that is pacifying to vata. Yes, yes, yes. You could wear a blue scarf. You could wear a brown scarf. You could wear an orange, maybe a darker orange scarf, any of the grounding colors or the colors that you see out in nature, those, those might give you a hint on colors that are grounding. And yes, but even if those aren't your colors, just wear a scarf. And as you warm your body on the outside, Ayurveda would also say to warm it on the inside. And this is a good time of year to warm up your food you know, I think a lot of us feel like we're being healthy if we eat a salad. Um, and if you feel great after eating a salad, great. Like we're not here to tell you what to eat. We're just saying that at this time of year, Ayurveda would say, well, if that salad still feels really good to you, can you warm it up with warming spices or can you have a warm salad or can you put heavier oils on it so it does feel very unctuous and very grounding? Mm-hmm. I love that word, unctuous. I think I learned it from you. You learn too, mm-hmm. and I learned unctuous. Just we're expanding all each other the all the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. People, you know, can be very attached to salads or smoothies, and and just maybe look at that in ways that you could change it up a little bit to bring that unctuous quality in. Unctuous meaning fuller, heavier, moisture. You could, if you like salads, I love to recommend grilled salads. Do you ever grill your salad? Oh, so good. Mm -hmm. Or changing up the dressing that you have. And like you said, making it oily, a little more oily and maybe adding some more spices or pepper to what you're eating. Pepper is very warming to the body and, and some black pepper on things can really warm you from the inside Mm -hmm. out. And then finally, what we'll offer to honor the transition into fall is some personal inquiry, some self-study, one of the paths of a complete yoga practice. And in our first class of a radiant year that's going out on Sunday, we offered our community a specific personal inquiry, and we have a different one here for you, our dear podcast listeners. And the question that we have is what am I harvesting? Because this time of year in the fall, we're harvesting certain vegetables and fruit that have been growing all season long. It's harvest season. So what are you harvesting from the gifts of the past season? And Amy, you know, I'm going to ask you your answer. (laughs) I am harvesting all the benefits of my hard work over the years related to this studio at the beginning of this year, I didn't know that the studio was even a thing. And, but I had an idea and I put steps in place to make it a reality. And now I 
actually have a place to go to and a place to offer to my students. And that is one thing, a big thing that I am harvesting right now that at the beginning of the year, I was planting seeds. I was reaching out. I was investigating. I was saving money. I was working really hard with this vision of a brick and mortar studio that I could create for my students. And now it's here and there's a sign on the door and I have keys that unlock the door and I flip a switch and the lights come on and people show up and it's just really exciting to witness that because at the beginning of this year, it was just a seed and now it's actually a thing. It sure is. It is so beautiful. It was such a pleasure to teach in that space and I can't wait to come back. Mm, I can't wait for you to come back. For me, I could answer this question in a number of ways, but what I'm going to choose to focus on right now is I think I'm harvesting the gifts of the personal work that I put into my relationship with my daughter. I've talked pretty openly on this podcast about how it has been an active practice in my life to practice acceptance and compassion for the both of us and to practice cultivating a real deep unconditional love. And I've done that in a few ways where I've cultivated a love from something greater than me. And that's, you know, that's just personal for me. I actually look out in nature to connect with that in order to stay connected to that in my day-to-day relationship, which can be triggering, you know, all, all the things that we were recently talking about, but talk about trying, talk about being the bad guy in somebody's story, just be a parent, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and I know that the only thing that we can count on is that things will change. But in this moment, since I have been home from my trip and every time we travel, we come home changed because we've grown. Um, There has been a lot of harmony and ease and trust and laughter in that area of my life. And instead of waiting for the other shoe to drop and for that to change, I'm just going to relax and really drink that in and enjoy that. I love that. Mm -hmm. All right. Some beautiful ways to uh, transition into fall. We hope that you will continue to uh, learn and grow with us through the coming months and maybe even a year. Um, We'll talk to you next week. And for some of you who are joining a radiant year, you will see us in the comfort of your own home this Sunday. First class delivered to you with all of the other material that comes with it. We are so happy with the result and we're so excited to share it with you. Yeah, we can't wait to see you. Bye. Love you, Amy. Bye. Love you. Thank you for listening to the Radiant Warrior podcast. If you found it valuable, please leave us a positive review to help others find it. And please check out the Radiant Warrior podcast on Instagram and Facebook to leave us your questions and find out where you can come and practice with us next.